Hey, cool dude, can I play too? Uh, uh, it's only a one-player game. Then how come it says second-player score? You're listening to the Second Player Speaks podcast with Nerdpunk's Second Player Score. All right, we are back with another episode of Second Player Speaks, the official podcast of Second Player Score, the Woo-hoo! band. I'm Brian, and we got Kyle and Dan, and if you've been hey, listening yo. to this show, then you know that we talk about our three favorite subjects. We talk about a punk, pop, I can't talk, pop punk band, or punk band, or whatever. We talk about something from pop culture, and we talk about and drink beer, and more recently, we, we have added a hot sauce segment also at the end, so... Uh, every once in a while, we have themed episodes. Like we don't have many of them, but we have like a couple here and there. Like we did a, um, like there was a Japan themed episode, and mm. there was a Iron themed episode for whatever reason. Oh, the, the oh yeah, Iron Maiden, Iron Beer, Iron uh, Iron something. Sky, Iron yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, Iron yeah. Sky. So, yeah. So every once in a while, not very often, but every once in a while, we have a themed episode. And there isn't much of a theme today, but I was thinking about this, and I think if there was a theme, it would be uh, awesome stuff. That for some reason we or I actually have never heard of before, <laughs> uh, because yeah, so, um, the, for some reason I just have not heard of the things that we're going to be talking about today. I, I think you guys have, I but I haven't. So and, and amazingly not. You know why have we not heard about these things? Right, right yeah, that kind of thing. Right, right. So okay, so so the, uh, we'll get right to it. We'll get down to the first thing, which is the band, which is a band out of. Uh, town called forestville california of all places i guess it's, it's this tiny town like an hour outside of san francisco uh anyway they are called uh bracket and uh yeah i had never heard of these guys before never they, but they have been around since 1992 yes. since 92 yeah like it's like constantly and, and almost with the same lineup i think that one lineup changed yeah but other than that i mean you know and they're pretty popular you know they're on they're on fat records and they have like uh oh, i have my notes i had they have a nine albums out in addition to like a bunch of uh they have nine studio albums one live album and a whole shitload of like singles and compilations and all that kind of stuff and i just had not heard of them <laughs> i don't know why because they're really good uh we they, they were brought to our attention but well, why don't you tell the story of oh so i you know i run uh, run the uh an ad it's just kind of a a two dollar a day ad just always running on a um you know with one of our songs so I had the game on uh, video uh, running on this Facebook ad just just to try to pick up you know new people that like pop punk that we do and and uh, maybe they'll like it right and so this guy comments on it last week says uh, yeah you guys sound just like Bracket like what who the fuck is Bracket <laughs> like what the we sound just like this band who is who right. So I go and look him up, and I'm like, I'm thinking like maybe it's you know a band that he knew from his hometown or something. Mm-hmm. No, it's like real fucking like been out there, done it band mm-hmm. on Fat Records. Yep, nice. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, so uh, we're always hearing people say, yeah, you sound like so and so, you sound like so and so. Most of the time, I don't hear it. You know, uh, even Bobby will uh, listen to it. I'll say, yeah, people say we sound like them, and she'll be like. Yeah, I totally hear it. And I'm like, I, what? You, What do you hear, 
right? I mm-hmm. don't get it. This one, I'm listening and I'm going, holy shit. Yeah. Like, wow. And and here's my theory on, on that is the reason that there is such a similarity is not only so your vocal and the their lead singer's vocal is is similar enough mm-hmm. to create the comparison, but they also have so if you listen to the early stuff, so here's what I did is when I listen to them, I listen to their first album. Before I listen to anything else, I listen to the first album, and then I listen to the last album, okay? Mm. To see how did they sound when they got started, and how did they sound most recently, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I wanted to get that that major change, sure. like yeah. if there was one. So here's what I got, was when they first started out, they were a pop punk band heavily influenced by Nirvana. And by the time they got to their 2019 album, they were a pop punk band heavily influenced by the Foo Fighters mm. and still slightly Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And I know that from what you've said in the past that, you know, we even have songs that you've literally like ripped off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not, some, you know, not directly, not, but, not directly, but yeah, I mean, disclaimer. like, like uh, 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 but I mean, a, ri- a riff here, a riff. I mean, uh, I mean, falling forever. I mean, people we don't even know have picked up on, on that riff. Yeah. yeah. You know, and gone, well, that, oh. was, that was me ripping off burning brides, ripping off Nirvana. Right. So, yeah. So indirectly, but, but yeah, so, uh, I, I was like, I think that's probably it. Is there? There's some. There's also some similar influence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't think we're directly influenced by Nirvana or Foo Fighters, but indirectly, sure. like we we do pick up some things from them. Sure, oh, yeah. Dave Grohl has his hands in everything. Right, right. right. He's that's, influencing the world right yeah, that's now. True, that's true. It's hard to yeah. escape the, uh, the the Dave Grohl influence. But yeah, I mean, like on their last album, the lead track. I mean, it's it it as soon as it starts out, it sounds like the Foo Fighters. I'm like, is this a Foo Fighters cover? And then it's not. But when they get into the verse and stuff, then it's goes. It's completely them. Mm-hmm. It was just the intro. I was like, holy shit, you know. And then like the next song uh, sounded more like it had like a Nirvana influence again. Um, but that whole first album, the very first one they did in '92, I was like, these guys, they so wanted to be punk, but I think they listened to a lot of Nirvana, you know. And you could hear it in the music. And uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I was stunned by the com- by the similarity. Man, you went into this like Tarantino kind of rant, dude. <laughs> it, it happens. I was like, I was like what, what? It's it's the it's the adult uh, uh, attention deficit disorder. Yeah. No, no, I get it though. This band's are really really good. I mean, I heard a lot of like '60s influences and stuff. Right. I mean, like. I started from the instead of going through the albums this time I'm like you know what I'm gonna play the most popular track and just let it run, just yeah. Le- just let it run, mm. and it was pretty consistent throughout everything that they were jumping in between. Yes. And then like halfway through I'm like you know what these guys kind of sound like well I'm gonna say it again like like the, the like the Toads like they have the '60s influence with yeah. brand new like brand new life brand new spark into it and then sure shit my boyfriend's back cover pops up and I'm like well there you go. There you go. <laughs> yes. So they probably love Billy Joe too, but so it's probably like yeah, Billy Joel, not Billy Joe. God damn. <laughs> yeah, both. Billy Joel. Maybe both. <laughs> yeah, maybe both. But uh but yeah, I I was just stunned. And and I know uh Brian like I think messaged back the other day is like, holy shit, we sound just like these guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. cuz they had the vocal harmony thing going on yes. and like they um, they do some the same thing that we do with our like you know the pop punk is sort of the bass 
sound, but then you know you add in like little extra you know flourishes and different things yeah. in mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you get a little bit more rock. Sometimes you have a little bit more dissonance in it or whatever. And you know, so it's, that's kind of you know, the same formula, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I I don't know how I have never heard of this band. No, exactly. Before. Yeah, that's that's what I was. Doing. I'm just like listening to that to their album and going, how. How have I never heard of these guys? I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, there's just so many fucking bands. Like, how could you ever keep up? Right, right. But, I, I mean, we found out about them, and now they're also part of the Getting Squatchy show uh, lineup. Awesome. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, they are very good. And uh, congratulations to them for being around for 30 years. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, we think we're hot shit for being around for 10 years. These guys have been doing it forever. Yeah, 30. So. And I with know, only, like, hold one, my beer. Yeah. And yeah. only <laughs> one lineup change in that whole time. I right, mean, that's, right. That's, yeah. There's that's, a lot to be said for that. That's pretty impressive. So, yeah. So, that is, uh, that is Bracket out of Forestville, California. An even smaller town than Vancouver, Washington. So <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, moving on to the uh, pop culture section of the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, animated show on Amazon Prime called uh, The Legend of Vox Machina. And I probably have to turn in my nerd card after I admit this, but the show is based on um, uh, it's uh, something called Critical Role, spelled R-O-L-E, which is like a live stream D&D campaign put on by professional voice actors. Mm-hmm. And they started a number of years ago, I think around like 2015 or so. They're, they're broadcasting like Twitch and YouTube. And I had never heard of it. <laughs> but apparently it is like super mega popular. Oh, like, and they have millions of people watching them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when they decided that they're going to do this, uh, this show, they, they're going to make an adaptation of the show. They, they started out um, by doing a Kickstarter because I guess they approached Hollywood, but... Hollywood, for some reason, wasn't interested, so they said, well, we'll do it on our own. So they made a Kickstarter to fund their first, uh, like one episode, like one 22-minute episode. So their goal was to raise like $750,000. Uh, they blew past that in the first hour. They, wow. They made like a million dollars in the first hour on Kickstarter. And then um, by the time the day was over, they were up to $4.3 million. And then by the time the campaign was over, they had exceeded uh, eleven million dollars. <laughs> Holy! <laughs> so they cow. nerds they, unite. They blew yeah. way past their stretch goals. They had to add more goals because they were just making you know getting raising raising so much money on the campaign. Anyway, so the first so the, the first season is out on Amazon Prime. It's uh, twelve episodes, and the first ten episodes were directly funded by the Kickstarter campaign, which is pretty fucking amazing and very impressive. Um, but but yeah, I mean like I. Had not heard, you you've heard about them though, right? Oh yeah, because yeah, like um on YouTube they would have like celebrities come in. Like there's a Terry Crews episode. There's like a Vin Diesel episode. They're all just sitting down playing D and D and shit, you know. And, like mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh okay, that's kind of interesting. Bringing in like all these celebrities that like they're like, oh yeah, we're all nerds until it's time to do something nerdy. Then everyone backs away. <laughs> you know, it's like everyone wants to be a nerd until it's time to do nerdy shit. Like, right? like that, that old meme <laughs> right, is still right. true to this day. <laughs> So I was like, okay, that's great. So let, let's see what's going on. And then, then watching Matt Mercer do his thing, I'm like, dude, this this is what a DM should be. Like, I I just got a bastardization version of what Dungeons and Dragons should be. Because like they only had two good DMs, which was like a Punky, and then watching this guy Matt Mercer, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I got turned on to that. And then eventually. Like when I heard that they're going to have this animated series, I'm like, oh, shit, that's kind of crazy. So I started going back through the old um, the old episodes, like the first campaign. Mm-hmm. They're actually, th- that's the characters that they played. Right, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that makes so much sense now. Because like, 
because when I jumped when I jumped in, it's hard to follow every single campaign episode. You just get lost mm-hmm. unless you're following religiously because there's no recaps. There's no like on last week's episode. Like no, no, <laughs> you're you're knee deep and like you just you're tuning in while they're buying dresses for a ball they're trying to infiltrate. And I'm like, where the <laughs> hell am I? You know what is it's, happening? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but they they hold your attention throughout all that too, and just a bunch of friends just talking shit with each other, making up roles. You know, just it's it's really interesting to see how this works. You know, like I can cool. see why it's still going on. So, like to this day, yeah. yeah. Have you had you heard about it before? Uh, I I had never heard of it. I I feel like Dan mentioned it to us once, like a couple years back, mm. just like a passing thing, but. Um, we didn't even really discuss it. He just kind of like threw it out there that there was this group doing this stuff. Mm. I think I think probably in reference to um, maybe when um, I think when um, May was starting to get into D and D. I think he mentioned that a little bit, mm. and then that was but that was it. It wasn't even a real conversation. And so um, when you were talking about that, that's where Fox Bonkina came from. I'm like, oh, well, shit. I had no idea, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah. even think I realized that uh, even from what Dan had said, because we didn't, like I said, we didn't get into detail. I didn't realize, like, the level of celebrities that were getting involved with it. Mm. So, I mean, if they're getting that kind of level of celebrity involved, then, yeah, no wonder they had the exposure and the, and I guess the footprint for, for, uh, a Kickstarter of that magnitude. Yeah. And well, and I mean, and, and the show, like, cause I, I came into it fresh. Like I didn't know, you know, about critical role, but, you know, but I, I, you know, I heard about the show. I saw the preview. And I, you know, it's, you know, it's D and D. So I thought, Oh, Hey, you know, this is, this is cool. I'll check it out. Mm. And I think like, they do a good job of like, um, I guess they, you know, they brought in some outside writers to help so that, you know, like people like me who were coming in with, you know, with a fresh set of eyes, um, could just enjoy the show just for on its own merits without having to know anything about, you know, the critical role and the D and D campaign. Right. Because I mean, the show itself is just—I mean, it's it's really fresh and original, and I like that it puts a, sp- a spin on these kind of uh, this this genre of show where it's like, it's it has that you know it's, it's the D and D you know the whole medieval sort of setting, but then with a lot of modern references in in, in the dialogue and you know how people talk mm-hmm. and you know, like, you know with the swearing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know that that that's kind of uh, to me it was a kind of a fresh take on the whole genre, and that's what makes it really uh really fun. I think really original. So. Didn't wasn't it like eighty six, eighty seven, or something? Wasn't there like one or two seasons of a D and D cartoon? I think there was. Uh, I know I that watched it. I just, I, I know, yeah. I know for a fact there was. I, I'm just, I'm not a hundred percent on the time frame. Uh, but uh, I, I used to watch that, and uh, for me, like this is what it should have been. Yeah. Like, okay. Like when we watched it, you know, me and I, and I was probably, I mean, you know probably considered too old to be watching it at that point i think i was like a sophomore in high school or something but i i liked my cartoons so oh yeah you know, hell yeah go fuck off if you don't like it right <laughs> punk but, rock but uh <laughs> but uh i i i, I watched it you know when i saw it was coming out i was like so fucking exciting you know it's D. but when you watched it, it was just kind of i mean it was okay but it just never really met up to what you were hoping it would be mm-hmm and this is what I would have hoped it would have been. Like, this is the show I would have wanted that D&D cartoon to have been. Uh, yeah, because these characters are so much more relatable. Yeah. Like, you can see a sliver of yourself in each person, which is why, like, like 
that's why I think these characters really got brought to life because these um, voice actors have been playing these characters for a campaign for like God knows how long a campaign will go. I mean, there's there's <laughs> there's some groups that have campaigns that are, go on for years and they're still going. So I mean, like who knows how long they actually spent like perfecting these characters, and then when they brought it all back together. It must have been like some kind of big family reunion. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you were the pervy little bard. Yeah, that's right. I remember that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, it was yeah. kind of cool to see that, too. Like, the little references, like the mage hand spell and all that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, like, oh, yeah, that one. And then, like, at the very end, like, like, uh, like watching, like, the silence charm and all that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's how you shut up a bard. No one, like, they saved that to the very end, you know? <laughs> Wait, by the way, we're spoiling uh, Vox Machina. Anyway, yeah, so continue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the over-the-top gore was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, yeah, the nudity, the sex parts and stuff. It was just <laughs> hilarious. I mean, like, like normally it, it has a weird uncomfortable thing, but like, like when they're all telling stories about the worst thing they killed. Mm-hmm. And like the like the bard story was just it starts off as a sex thing, then another head grows and blah blah blah. Right, and they're yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? And they're like, right. But I still finish. I, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew the show was gonna be up our alley like in the first uh, like couple minutes of the first episode where like they had you know those other heroes that were supposed yeah they're setting them up to be the heroes and then they instantly got all like you know sliced and diced up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, in no, a okay, bar fight, okay, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm I'm gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, and when and and then like the next scene is actual vox machina in the bar and the bards in the room getting laid right yeah and while everybody else is like getting drunk and and uh you know fighting for their lives he's just off you know getting a little no big deal so yeah i i definitely i i don't know if i would have uh watched it without the recommendation but you know now i'm happy that you know you guys said something about it because it's like, yeah, it's really good. You know, yeah. this is what, like I said, this is what I would have wanted to have back in the day when they had the D and D cartoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this was what I was hoping for back then. So, yeah, it's it's cool. And uh, so, you know, they also have season two of Dota that came out, right? Yeah, yeah. and I like this better because, of course, it's I I like them both, but. Like Dota's more like beautiful to look at. I, I'm not even sure how well I keep up with the story, you know. Right, yeah. But Vox Machina is more fun. Like you want to keep up with the story, and it's funny. Yeah, and, yeah. you know. I mean, there's just more to it. I it's think a, it's a good blend. Mm-hmm. I think of you yeah. know, of you know humor and drama and action and all that kind. Of, like yes. uh, Dragon Dota, Dragon's Blood. Like it's very serious. Yes. Um, but yeah, but this one it kind of blends a bunch of different elements. Yeah. You know, like you said, they're both good. But yeah. Yeah. And so. the funny thing too is like the whole everything that we see is technically a side quest. They went out there to murk a dragon. Yeah, true. And then the whole Percy arc just happened, and I'm like, side quest. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and yeah. Then, and then once once that's all done, you're like, oh shit, there's four dragons. Oh fuck, smash the black season two. And I'm right, like, yeah. god damn it, uh, the whole thing was a side quest. You I know? would just like, like to say though that I, Percy is the biggest fucking buzzkill. Like he's <laughs> the guy in the group. I I just want to like to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because nobody can have anything that's ever happened that was anywhere near as bad to Percy. Oh, you know, let's go around and tell people about the stories of the worst thing we ever had to fight. And everyone's like, oh, I did this. Oh, crazy. You know, oh, I did this. Oh, that's actually kind of funny. Well, 
nobody's ever had to fight this and lose their whole family buzzkill like percy's the ultimate buzzkill in all of this and then like they still call him out on it too that's the best part right and then then he's just like like he's such a selfish little prick bastard too he's like he's like just ready to he just gets into these like rages and just starts like fucking laying waste to people that probably don't even have anything to do with what he's trying to accomplish they just got in the way but his rage just he overcomes it right there's a there's a reason actually though but i think you haven't finished the season yet right no no i'm not i'm not quite done there's a reason for that so i i i got the idea that uh, whatever i was seeing in the last one that there was going to be more about that yeah like the rage part of it but you know here's these people Mm -hmm. that like probably have nothing to do with this don't even know who he is and they're like losing fucking parts of their body and <laughs> they'll never be the fucking same because this guy threw a fucking tantrum you know <laughs> it's like damn dude yeah so, yeah the ho- guy's got issues <laughs> hopefully hopefully by the time i get to the last episode he gets to the point he can live with his fucking life again and ever anybody else can have a bad day besides him <laughs> yeah, holy shit you know, yeah it's a there's a satisfying conclusion to the arc good so yeah right on so. i mean i like his character don't get me wrong i i love his fucking weaponry and shit oh, i yeah. love all that mm-hmm. but he can't be a buzzkill all of season two as well yeah no <laughs> <laughs> right enough right all right so that is uh the legend of vox machina season one is out on amazon prime check it out all right so we're gonna move on to the beer part of the show um, I brought the beer today, and this is another thing where I had no idea this <laughs> existed <laughs> prior to this. Like, um, I, I've, I've pretty much gone through everything they have at Fred Meyer now uh, by this time. So, like, so I, I went to uh, Bevmo this time around oh, okay. to look mm. for something different, and so you know, so I was just you know poking around and like uh, looking at, through the imports. And uh, at first, I found this uh, German porter. And then I saw the alcohol content, and it was like 9.6%. <laughs> I, I turned yeah. right around. No, okay. <laughs> I don't think we want to do that <laughs> for the show. Maybe another time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so instead, I turned around, and I, I saw this, uh, this English porter, which is uh, the Samuel Smith. Uh, it's called The Famous Taddy Porter, T-A-D-D-Y, I guess, like Tad Caster. Or something, and um, so I thought, okay, you know, it's five percent. You know, sounds cool. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, and come to find out, it, apparently, this is like very famous and popular. And yes. uh, like, I guess you had heard about it. I have, I have had probably most of whatever has been brewed by Samuel. No Smith. shit, really. Yeah. He mm. is, when I first got into brewing, like. That was one of the first names that came across. Really? Oh, yeah. I had all kinds of Samuel Smith for a while. Huh. Oh, they yeah. make great fucking beer. News to me, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I had never heard of it before. Like Samuel Smith. I, I hope this is good. I hope it's not like some kind of fucking like English version of Budweiser or whatever. No. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know so I went, I, you know, I got home. And actually, it, it, doesn't, it didn't have the uh, alcohol content on the bottle anywhere. I, I had to kind of go by faith. Uh, I thought it's an English porter. How bad could it be? So, right. so I got mm-hmm. home, you know, looked it up to you know see how much alcohol it is in it. And apparently, like I said, you know, it's this huge, famous, popular. Everybody says it's really great. So, I thought, okay, good, perfect. But I don't know how I had never heard of it before. Yeah. But yeah, I I will say I'm surprised. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. But you know, considering where we live, 
uh, it it's not surprising that a, a a big famous name beer could get pushed down in the stack because there's fucking I mean there's no limit to the good beers in the Pacific True. Northwest. True. Yes. You know, I mean, why do you need to go and look to England when you've got 800 fucking breweries in a hundred mile radius? Right. Right. You know? Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I totally understand that, but yeah, I'm glad you ended up finding out about these guys because yeah they make fucking awesome beer yeah it's uh yeah we've been drinking it. it's very good it's uh the description is it's a a very dark full-bodied ale with a rich creamy head and an intense dry tangy character yeah uh, brewed with well water the original well sunk in 1758 is still in use uh malted barley oh. roasted malt yeast and hops um so yeah um it, it has a very like there's not a lot of it's kind of no frillsy yeah kind of a taste but i, I mean that's mm-hmm. good you yeah know, it's just the no frills no bullshit this is just good porter yeah you know? it's it's probably been brewed for fucking you know two three centuries yeah, same the fucking same way, way. Right? Yep. yep uh but I, I know Dan was saying something. Uh, he well, he was smelling it, and I I smell what he's smelling too. And yeah, so, what what is that? So I I I don't know if this is the correct answer, but what it smells like to me is that they may store this before they bottle it in oak barrels. That's the smell that I get. It's almost like wine. Mm, like it's mm. that that. It's like that oak smell that you get from wine when it sits in barrels. I, I, some of the reviews I was reading said um, it has the smell of rusty nails. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they meant it as a good thing when they were oh, saying I can't, that. I smell it now. <laughs> yeah, there is a metallic. Yeah. But, but, but then I don't taste. So there's a difference though. I don't, now I've used oak chips to get that oak barrel flavor in a beer that I brewed a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Remember... Uh, uh, was it Sinbad and the Seven Seas? It was seven oh, hops that yeah. started with C. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I used uh, oak chips to get the oak barrel like scent and flavor mm-hmm. because, you know, in Sinbad times, everything would have been in barrels, right? So you wanted to have that flavor. Uh, and so that's the smell that I get, but I don't get the flavor of it. So right, either yeah. either they're they're only being stored for a very short period of time before they're being bottled or it's something else that just resembles that scent mm. and uh that's not really what it is and i i wouldn't know what it is if, if that's not it mm-hmm. but that's what it smells like it smells like the oak scent that you get off of um like wine and mm. so i think that's where you get it but i don't taste it at all it's just man this is some of the smoothest fucking beer Ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is so good. Like, no wonder they haven't had to, you know, no wonder it's been around for, for fucking ever and they probably never changed the recipe because why? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this stuff, I this is probably like, you know, the porter version of like Guinness, something that's been around for fucking ever and it's always been just amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you go over to England and get it out of the pub and uh, right off the tap, it's probably just like like the difference between drinking Guinness here out of a can and going over to Ireland and actually drinking it out of one of the pubs. Mm. You know, it's just probably a night and day difference. Yeah. So I can't even imagine this getting any better. So when we go to the UK, we got to go find a place that has this <laughs> on tap and 
will taste the difference. Sounds good to me. And so all of it's brewed with the same well water. Like the same water source? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's so. What they're, yeah, that's what they're saying. They're saying that, that the stuff that was brewed way back in the day is being made with the same... that Well, the stuff that's being brewed today is being brewed with the same water that was, you know, way fucking back when. And, and that's huh. what they say, like, you know, um, uh, even when I was taking uh, brewing classes and stuff... I mean, they do say that that uh, the water can make all the difference in the world. Like, you, oh, yeah. you can make one recipe in one place and then go to another place and make the same recipe, but it's different water and it comes out completely different. Mm. So, but the nice thing is one of the things that they said here, and they said, you know, every year you get the, uh, Vancouver sends out the, um, I guess, the specs on their water. They said, like, the stuff you get here in Vancouver straight out of the tap is some of the best shit you can you can brew with. Don't have to change it nothing. I mean, there's guys that they have to they have to add uh, stuff to their water to like help soften it, help mm. uh, you know take out this or or additional this or change the pH or whatever just to get their beer palatable. Mm. Uh, here, you take it straight out of the tap, you're ready to go. Nice. Uh, I, be, I think the only place I've lived that was better than that was Lake Tahoe. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been to Lake Tahoe? No. Okay. The water straight out of the tap there, most amazing fucking shit ever. <laughs> when people go there to visit, they will literally go down to the store, buy a bunch of gallon jugs, fill them all up and take them home. <laughs> wow. Because okay. it's that good. It wow. is so good. And I'm like, man, ah. Uh, I need some of this, like, to brew, mm. you know? So if I, I I don't see myself driving down there, probably flying, so that wouldn't work. But if I ever do drive down there, I will probably be filling up some some jugs and bringing them back. I'm going to try out and see, like, well, well, does it make a difference? <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. Well, uh, so that is the uh, Taddy Porter from uh, Samuel Smith's. Fucking so good. So we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do some hot sauces. I think we've cracked open um, like one is a, a cayenne, and the other is I think another another habanero, I believe. Hungry man's habanero. Hungry man's habanero. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. So we will start with that. We're passing it around here. Dan's uh, taking the first bite, and I will go next. Ooh. Okay, kind of vinegary. This is a habanero one? Yep. Wow, okay. So how long do you need to let habanero like hot sauce mellow out? Because mine right now is still freaking nuclear. I mean, how long does it take? Like a couple weeks in the fridge and then you're good? A month? You probably wait a year or two. I'm trying to achieve something like this. <laughs> I'm like, I, I I can't eat mine yet. <laughs> I need to dilute it with more stuff. Ooh, that's a good flavor. Holy shit, that's really good flavor. All right, so we got the second one coming around. I this is this uh has to do more with like how much you put in there. And did you put the seeds in? Oh no. Okay, good. Just, I mean, if you want it, you can Ooh. Try, that'll do it. And this, this is, is something, some kind of cayenne. Um. Dreadful cayenne. There you go. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's a lingering heat. 
Mm. Yeah. I think I'm digging the habanero one a little bit more. Hmm. So I agree with Dan. I'm more into the habanero, but they both have really good flavor. Mm-hmm. The cayenne one is expectedly hot right off the bat, and then you're fine. Habanero one builds just like habanero does. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, it'll. It's like, oh yeah, this is great. I can handle this. Why are my ears ringing suddenly? Right. You know. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Yeah. Woo. Bam. That is uh, amazing. Wow. Those are both good flavor, though. Yeah. Like, that's what I like is like, so, you know, habanero can, I mean, like you said, yours is like nuclear sauce. Yeah. Right? I mean, and that's the problem is that sometimes you get the habanero and it's just nothing but heat. It doesn't taste good at all. There's just no flavor whatsoever. And it's just because it's so hot. And that's where the problem is. But these guys, I mean, they balanced it out really well. To where mm-hmm. you can actually taste the habanero before your tongue lights on fire, you know, you know. By the time you get to the point, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to like suck on the fucking fire uh, extinguisher, you at least got the benefit of some flavor first. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really good. Uh, I like that. All right, so that is the uh, hot sauce for the week, and that is the end of another episode of Second Player Speaks. Uh, we are Second Player Score. We are actually a band that makes music. We released the fourth single off of our latest EP. Uh, the single is called Beat Everyone, and the EP is 4D, The Autumn Suite. That just came out last Friday. Mm-hmm. And so that completes that. Um, and we are going to be working on the uh, Spring Suite later on in the year because in the meantime, we have a little detour where we recorded, we went hit to the studio and we recorded uh, songs for an EP that's going to be called Beer and Ramen. I don't know if I've announced it on the show before, but um, that's what it is. And it's a bunch of songs in Japanese, basically. <laughs> so, um, yeah, some more to come on that. But, uh, yeah, did you guys have anything to, to talk about? Uh, you can check us out at secondplayerscore.com. Uh, listen to Bracket. Uh, watch The Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon Prime. Drink the Taddy Porter from Samuel Smith. And um, again, we are more than a band, actually, because we do a whole bunch of other stuff. Like we have a comic book series, a novel series. Uh, Kyle's a DJ. Dan's a Twitch streamer. And we do all these cool things. So And, and uh, go to, on Facebook, go to Code Zero Radio. If you want to know more about the SPS-verse, what it is and what we do, uh we just did an interview with uh, Bob of Code Zero Radio uh, this past Thursday. So uh, go on their page and scroll down a few posts, and they've got the whole video there. And we do a lot of explaining of who we are and what we do and what's coming up next. So cool. go check it out. Yep. Well, there you go. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll see you folks next time. See ya. See ya. You've been listening to the Second Player Speaks podcast with Second Player Score.